the word ekphrasis comes from the Greek for the description of the work of art produced as a rhetorical exercise. It is a vivid, often dramatic, verbal description of a visual art piece. Hi everyone, this is Darwin Mesadu. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of The Ekphrastic. Man, we've been doing this thing for uh, three whole seasons now. Right on. This is a podcast where we paint pictures with words. Today's subject, through his empowering fingertip paintings set to the task of shaping black forms, Amoku Buafo uses paint to create his enticing characters and honor black figures in the pictorial tradition of the portrait. We'll get to know him and his work a little bit better, but first, let's get into some art news. All right, so this week in art, um, Art Basel is forced to postpone its Hong Kong fair until May, until May due to rising COVID cases. So I'm reading this in the art market. Originally planned for March, it will now take place less than three weeks before the Swiss fair's flagship event in Basel. Art Basel in Hong Kong has shifted the dates of its 2022 fair following a recent upswing in COVID-19 in Hong Kong and will now be able uh, will now be held from the 27th to the 29th of May. The fair had anticipated for this uh, shift having announced it had brokered a contingency um, tenancy at its venue in the Hong Kong Convention Exhibit, ex, uh, Exhibition Center for these new dates to accommodate a pandemic-related event. Man, we're just living in that kind of world, right? Where you're, yeah, I gotta have a COVID plan B. Uh, this postponement means that uh, ABHK 2022 will take place less than three weeks before the Swiss's fair flagship event in Basel, scheduled for the 15th and 19th of June. And so they say that given the current government guidelines in Hong Kong, it has become clear that moving the fair to May is the right decision, says Adeline Oi, Art Basel's Asia director, in a statement. So since um, the 24th of January, the special administrative region has recorded rising numbers of new coronavirus cases, um, mostly linked to Omicron. Apparently 188 was, re was registered like the day before uh, even this announcement was made. Uh, the fair's decision was made to give exhibit, uh, exhibitors and partners the ability to plan ahead and thus ensure the broadest possible community can gather at the HKCEC uh, in, in addition to the international audience that will be joining us virtually, joining them virtually, I guess. So Hong Kong uh, yesterday revised its entry rules for foreign arrivals, reducing the mandated hotel quarantine from three weeks to two. However, for most exhibitors, so that means so you got to plan at least if you're trying to stay up for you trying to tour for a week, you got to plan a whole three week trip because two of these weeks you're going to be in quarantine. You only get one week to hang out. Uh, however, for most exhibitors, this option has proved too onerous. And of the 137 galleries that are due to take part in ABHK 2022, over 60% will take satellite booths. Uh, man by Art Basel staff. Damn, that sucks. Well, I don't know when we're going to get back to the regular normal, but coronavirus is shaping how we uh, 
move in these spaces and these galleries and, and, exhibi and, and uh, exhibitions. So, well, moving on to something a little closer to home, Hollywood. Uh, uh, news uh, here, CNN Style. This was from, oh, actually, this was, in, this was back in uh, November. Hollywood actor Christopher Walken paints over a genuine Banksy in BBC dramas. So I haven't seen this show. Um, but the one that they're, the picture looks like, it looks like a Banksy, the one with like has like a little mouse that's, um, and he has spray cans as if like the mouse was the one doing the uh, graffiti. Uh, you, you might recognize it. They go on to say, paintings by the anonymous street artist Banksy uh, sell for millions of dollars. But in just moments, one of the most uh, recent creations was destroyed by none other than Hollywood's um, Christopher Walken. Banksy, latest offering titled The Rat, appears at the end of the final episode of The Outlaws, a BBC drama written, directed, and starring Stephen Merchant, co-creator of British comedy series The Office. The Outlaws is set in the southern English city of Bristol. Many of Banksy's earliest murals appeared in Bristol leading many to believe that the anonymous artist hails from the city. Walken features in the drama as one of the seven bickering lawbreakers forced together on a community service program. In the final scene of the episode, which aired on BBC uh, iPlayer on Wednesday evening, the cohort are seen completing their service by painting over some graffiti. But when Walken's character Frank pulls away a piece of wood, he, dis he discovers a rat with two cans of spray paint with the word Banksy written uh, above it. Hesitant, he turns around and asks probation officer Diane, played by Jessica Gunning, what to do. Diane, look at this red I found, he said. Any vermin under 10 kilos are yours. Bag it and bin it, says the supervisor without turning away from the Lee Child novel she's reading. No, it's a graffiti rat, he responds. Counsel said paint over any graffiti. So crack on. A fed up, Diane says. It's awfully good, adds, adds Walken, in an attempt to talk her around. But when Diane ends with less debating, more painting, Walken shrugs his shoulders and rollers over the image, bringing the series to a close. Did this actually happen? I mean, it's a news article. It must have. The spokesperson for the outlaws confirmed to CNN that the piece was a genuine Banksy discovered, uh, destroyed by Walken. The spokesperson, the spokesperson said in a statement, we can confirm that the artwork at the end of The Outlaws was an original Banksy and that Christopher Walken painted over that artwork during the filming of the scene, ultimately destroying it. It's undercover. You could just say that and it will be probably go up in value. This was not the first time a Banksy painting was destroyed in public setting. In 2018, Banksy's, uh, Banksy's uh, iconic image of a girl reaching out for a red Hearted shaped uh, balloon sold for 1.4 million at Sotheby's auction house in London. Moments later, a shredder hidden inside the artist's frame started its work and the art self destructed. The artwork, given the new title Love is in the Bin, was auctioned again at Sotheby's last month, selling for a record um, 25.4 million. Lot of mercy. It's all play money. So, uh, there's a Banksy uh, hidden under some paint somewhere that uh, Christopher Walken, uh, you know, maybe could just cut off that piece 
and, and uh, it'll have that aesthetic value and it'll probably double in price. Like I said, the last article here is uh, in Forbes. And uh, this one's a little bit interesting to uh, kind of thing to read. It's, uh, so, you know, the year just started. It's the first episode that I'm recording for the new year. And Forbes magazine has this article out called Art Investment Trends to Look Out for in 2022. So it's a little bit of a listicle. So why not? Let's uh, let's have some fun here and see what we could look out for. Maybe uh, towards the end of the year, we can see if any of this stuff was uh, came true. So while the pandemic has had wide ranging consequences for many areas of our lives, one unexpected silver lining is that more people are starting to see the benefit of art as a viable form of alternative investments uh, in a year marked by economic uncertainty. Many were reluctant to invest in traditional asset classes such as stock and property and instead looked to art as a value-preserving asset as they sought to diversify their portfolios and mitigate these preca- uh, precarious times. According to Dollar Sprout, art consistently delivers average returns of 7.6%. And because it is uh, unaffected by how the financial markets are performing, uh, it's a much more stable investment. Trends within the art market tend to be consumer-driven, with collectors, galleries, and auction houses all shaping what will become the next big thing. With the digital transformation of the art world accelerated by the events of the pandemic, along with more experience-driven millennials buying art than ever before, uh, buying more art than ever before, it is important to take a, uh, to take stock of emerging trends as we begin 2022, so that uh, you know maybe we can get some uh, get our foot in the door early, potential investments uh, in fine art. So what's number one on our list here? Street art. Okay, so street art. Cool. They recommended that, that we're going to see these trends. I guess you can't even invest in it, but, you know, hey, that Banksy, for example. So compared to other movements in contemporary art, street art is still relatively young and evolving. It traces its origins back to the uh, 1960s and in recent times has become one of the most notable forms of social and political commentary in the art world, appealing to younger millennial collectors in particular. Established names within the street art movement, such as Banksy, uh, we talked about a second ago, Invader, and Shepard Fairey. Uh, Futura was a, a, an artist uh, that we featured a while back, and he got his start uh, in street art. While these uh, prices may be out, so, so they went on to go explain how, you know, the, the Banksy thing we talked about selling for millions of dollars. So those things are kind of out of range, well, very much out of range for your, your millennial, your typical millennial that's... Uh, uh, new to the art game uh, but they're saying so while these prices may be out of reach of many collectors these headline grabbing auctions have also sparked interest in other new and emerging street artists a phenomenon dubbed the Banksy effect with new artists uh, constantly popping up street art offers the perfect opportunity for investment and diversification those who buy from the right names at the right time can capitalize on that window of opportunity before prices begin to soar and benefit from buying in early as the artist's value and demand rises. Inspirations and collaborations is the next thing on our list here. So for anyone serious about art investment, it is important to immerse yourself in the art world through publications, events, and podcasts like The Ekphrastic. Dang, they put that in there? Dope, dope, dope. Uh, free, free advertising. <laughs> as art moves increasingly towards the digital online communities, this makes it easier to spot trends as they develop and see where market interest currently lies. Look into who um, other great artists are talking about. Showing in- interest in or collecting can be illuminating and give you an, an indication of the artists, areas, and movements worth investing in. Even if the styles 
are disparate. Take, for example, street art legend and the father of stencil graffiti, uh, Black Lairette, uh, citing the public works of Richard Hamilton uh, as one of the main inspirations for his iconic Black Rat stencil image. Anyone looking to expand their knowledge in contemporary art would do well to take note of who the artists are paying attention to. As the art world continues to broaden, the growth of collaborations between contemporary artists and fashion designers also reflects a shift in how art is being perceived in relation to popular culture. This is something we're going to be talking about in a second with our featured artists. Whether it is a recent collaboration of Gucci Ghost, aka Trevor Andrew, and Gucci on their autumn collection, or Louis Vuitton working with artists such as Cindy Sherman, Richard Prince, and Yayoi uh, Kusama, these collaborations are instrumental in bringing art to a wider audience and opening up investment opportunities. Uh, okay, so the next thing, so number three on the list, we have collectibles. The works of blue chip artists may very well be out of piece, uh, out of price range of most, especially those who are new to collecting or are just beginning to build their investment portfolios. However, collectibles such as limited edition prints are a great way to begin an art collection. And um, the author here has observed that there are they are seeing a surge in popularity among those with more modest budgets. Art edition represents a way for a whole new generation of younger collectors to get a foothold in the art investment scene without breaking the bank. Art editions such as uh, etchings and lithographs differ from reproductions in that they are work of art in their own right and are collected. Uh, we talked about one artist uh, a while ago, another artist, Durer, uh, who, you know, he, he really made his um, fortunes through lithographs uh, of, of some of his original works. They are an affordable and accessible way to, uh, to access a highly promising artist without prohibitive price tag of an original work while also possessing good investment potential. As the reputation of the artist grows, so will the value of the print. Limited edition prints are also cheaper from a maintenance perspective, making them a far more comfortable investment for those just starting out their collections as they do not come with the hefty cost of restoration and maintenance that could result in the the uh, depreciation of the original work. Dang, I never thought about that. If I was to buy something something big and fancy and uh, expensive, I also got to price in the um you know the the the, the restoration and the maintenance. Yeah, over time you got to have like a climate controlled space per, perhaps. Um yeah, that's, that's interesting. Something to keep in mind you investors out there uh, and to conclude this article they write there has never been a better time to invest in art and the interest in art as a viable asset is only set to grow in 2022 while it is natural that art tr uh, art trends will come and go immersing yourself in the art world and keeping an eye on what artists and community at large are talking about is key to spotting profitable developments within the market uh, by the way, the information provided here on this podcast is not investment advice. You should consult with a licensed professional for, uh, for advice concerning your specific situation. So don't take art investment advice from a podcast. <laughs> that's a shout out to one of my favorite podcasts that has that sort of disclaimer. So, okay, so that's what's, that's what's happening. And uh, a lot of this stuff is going to be pretty salient. We talk about our, uh, our artists of the day, Buafo. Thomas Amoku Boafo, who goes by Amoku Boafo, and born in 1984 in Accra, Ghana, 
grew up wanting to be an artist despite a lack of major art infrastructure in his community. Boafo is now based in Vienna, actually, in Austria. He's highly regarded voice in contemporary art of the African diaspora, and he's shaping perspectives and the perception of black forms and dispositions in a global context. After supporting himself as a semi-pro tennis player for a few years, speaking of tennis, uh, as I'm speaking, we, we just wrapped up the Australian Open and uh, Rafa Nadal won in stunning fashion, came back from two sets uh, to win it. So that was, that was dope. Uh, but let me not get distracted. An older man his mother worked for offered to pay his college tuition. And he graduated from Accra's Ganada College of Art and Design in 2008. Much has been said about Boafo's humble beginning and meteoric rise. For instance, it took four years for Boafo to land his first ex exhibition in a hotel lobby after finishing his studies in Ganada College of Art and Design. During this time, Boafo was also a pallbearer, carrying the dead be before they commenced the rite of committal. Subsisting off of these odds and ends wasn't cutting it. Boafo and his wife, uh, Sananda Mosquita, a curator and fellow visual artist of her own, relocated to Vienna. This was in 2014. Yet this change in locale didn't make exhibiting plain sailing for the artist. Boafo's reflects uh, in an article that um, I thought I thought it was going to be easy <laughs> to have a career as an artist in Europe because, again... It's the West. Uh, unfortunately, it ain't that easy, my lad. Um, on the continent, even if you have passion for it, you still don't really know exactly where you're heading. So I figured, let me find myself in Europe, in Vienna, as an artist. In Vienna, he started a series of portraits of black figures he met in the city drawing influence from Vienna secessionists like Egon Schiel. Unfortunately, Boafo was met with rejection after rejection. In 2018, artist Kehind Wiley discovered Boafo's Instagram page and bought a work from him, as well as sending his work onto his own gallerist. Eventually, this introduction led to a solo show of Boafo's work at Robert's Projects in LA. Since then, Boafo's work has generated considerable international buzz. His first solo show in the United States, entitled I See Me, opened at Robert's uh, in January 2019. Boafo was the first artist in residence at the new Rubel Museum in Miami, uh, which launched also in 2019, uh, organized through the Roberts Project. In 2020, the artist collaborated with Kim Jones. And remember, they talked about collaboration, something to look out for uh, in, the, in the article we just read. And so in 2020, he collaborated with Kim Jones, a Dior men's creative director for Dior's spring-summer 2021 men's collection. Also in 2021, Boafo was selected by the Uplift Art Program to create an inaugural suborbital triptych on the exterior panels of a Blue Origin New Shepard rocket to launch August 2021. And there's actually an article. Um, so yeah, this was this was last year that that happened. And so I have an article here after after this just happened. Canadian artist Michael Boafo. Bofo is headed to the stars. And no, we're not talking about his unbelievable market. Okay, so this person is going to be writing a little cheeky. So let's prepare ourselves for that. This morning, a trio 
of the artist paintings that were made for New Shepard, the reusable suborbital rocket built by Jeff Bezos, took off for space. The paintings, self-portrait with pink tulips, uh, Chormay's gold earrings, and white and gold head wrap, make up Boafel's suborbital triptych, which adorned three parachute panels on the ship. One image is a self-portrait, and the others are portraits of his mother and his childhood friend, uh, Otis Kwame Kin Kwakoi. Oh, I butchered that. I'm sorry about that, guys. Who is also an artist. A self-portrait looking up to the skies best explains what this project means to me. I grew up knowing the sky was the limit, and now I get to work on a project that goes beyond the sky as we know it. Boafo said in a statement, this uh, signifies what is possible when creatives like myself are given the chance to not only break the glass ceiling, but go above it. The artist had to use uh, special materials to ensure the artwork would survive its short journey into space and not burn up during its re-entry into the atmosphere. The paint had an unusually strong smell, so I wore a nose mask and uh, the entire time during production. It was watery, so the panels had to be laid flat on the table to avoid unwanted marks. As it dried so fast, I had to work quickly to avoid it drying before the painting was done, Boafo said. We're honored to fly. Uh, this is the statement from the, uh, who was this again? Jeff Bezos' people's Blue Origin? Okay, so they they wrote us, they made a statement too. We're honored to fly Amako's work of art to space and back and board New Shepard, a representative for Blue Origin, said in a statement. His stunning portraits capture black joy and the kind of shared future we hope to create for us in space. Vibrant, beautiful, and full of wonder. The unmanned launch took place earlier this uh, morning, so this was back in August, at the Blue Origin launch facility near Van Horn in West Texas. So that was cool. The paintings detached from the capsule as the parachutes were deployed and will um, and and was later uh, recovered from the desert floor. Um, so that's dope. That um, when they talk, when I said earlier, you know the. This meteoric rise. It was like literally out of this world. So a little bit about his style. He He's built a practice synthesizing, synthesizing the way that art both reflects and perpetuates the power of representation. Exclusively portraying individuals from the diaspora and beyond, Boafo invites a reflection on black subjectivity, diversity, and complexity. His works are notable for their bold colors and patterns, which celebrate his subjects as a means to challenge representation that objectifies and dehumanizes blackness. His breakthrough came when he opted to use his fingers to paint rather than a brush, creating a striking textural contrast to, uh, in his work. Boafo's portraits, typically done on solid color backgrounds, focus on posture clothing, and the stroke of skin which he accentuates with his finger painting technique. Amoako has developed his distinct style, paint portraits of black men and women who he says live their blackness. His choice of bold colors and patterns celebrate his diaspora subjects. The brush strokes or finger strokes are thick gestural the contours of the body almost soften into abstraction. Accentuated and elevated figures are often, they're on the canvas, isolated, 
on you know on this solid color background um, their gaze and their focal point to disrupt just the typical remarks and annotations from like what establishment viewers might see the poses are serene and the skin luminous placing his fingers in sort of a higher recognition both physically um it's it's sort of you getting your hands and your fingers into it it elevates it's like you're touching and creating life that i don't know that's just maybe i'm crazy <laughs> from an amateur uh perspective uh that's what i get when i see uh, and then i saw some videos of him actually working and you know he he's putting his hands into the paint and then the paint onto the canvas and the canvas becomes this um this image of familiarity for me at least that's what i get from it so that inspires um today's poem we're going to be talking about his uh self-reflection uh, this is it's called self-reflection uh it's a oil on paper painting it was he done it in, he did it in 2018 and so uh, what you can do now is you can just go to my website, really, if you want to check it out. Uh, remember, this is a description of a visual art piece. So as I'm speaking, you know, it'd be best if you go to the Ekfrastic page, my website, darwindarko.com. Check out the show notes. You can find a link there. Uh, at the site, you will find catalog for your viewing pleasure, all the artwork we discussed. So for today, you're going to go check out uh, Reflection One by Amako Boafel. I'll give you a second to search for it in your browser. He's been chasing his life all his life, and it's almost caught him twice. He's been asleep for... A thousand years? And it's enough. The stuff of life reflected back at him when he wakes up. It had him thinking. Thinking. Think, King. Think, King. Think. Images spanning from back then in daycare. Did daycare? Where could he be if he stayed there? A bygone time when he was what? One? The firstborn son? As a child doing childlike things, he'd fuss. And he'd fight, carried forward the days they turned to nights. The alchemy transformed to a man of self-reflection. The intimacy ensnared in introspection, flung back to infancy as the day he was born to this perception. On the wall, the mirror hangs, reflecting the pink. A small chocolate bony thing, he's remembering me. Nothing was the same, except our thoughts were in sync. Have I the will to change? Is what I'm thinking. Think, King. Think, King. Think, King. Think. I've been chasing my life. All my life. It almost caught me twice. And twice I escaped to live a life on the run. But life keeps outrunning me. Within arm's reach, I look back at me and ask, Can I live? I've awakened from a sleep of a thousand years. Finger strokes my cheek. Mother, 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 are you there? Are you there?
Amoako was an artist in resident at the Rubo Museum in 2019. The next year, he was featured in the Artsy Vanguard and Artsy editorial piece, The Most Influential Artist of 2020, after he made an astounding secondary market debut. His stylish portrait of the lemon bathing suit sold for 675 euro at Phillips in London. His work has since sold for more than 1 million and has been acquired for uh, for the collections of the Guggenheim, um, also in the LA County Museum of Art and Albertina Museum. Uh, in 2021, his hands up painting sold for 3.4 mil in, uh, at uh, Christie's in Hong Kong. Extensively collected by prestigious private and public institutions world, world round. Boafo's paintings have recently joined the collections of the uh, Leopold Museum in Vienna. He's been there for a while, so that, that makes sense. Uh, also, of course, LA uh, and the Rubel Museum in Miami, where you can find him if you're, if you're in those neck of the woods. Now, personally for me, I think you can catch me at the exhibit in April 2022 in Paris. Why not? I'll see you there. So it's been fun learning about Omoku Boafo with you today. Uh, we painted yet another pretty picture with our words. I'm glad you took the journey with me. Um, for this and other artwork we discussed, please visit darwindarko.com backslash ekphrastic. It's where you can find, again, all of this stuff cataloged for your viewing pleasure. If you like the show, please rate us, uh, leave a note, uh, leave a comment, like us on, on uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all the good stuff if you, if you come across our podcast there. Uh, all right, so we'll take it from there. I'll see you in Paris. Again, I'm Darwin Mesadu. Thanks for listening to The Ekfrastic. <laughs>